recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Good morning, TCC. Here we are again and doing things a little bit differently than what we would have, uh, what we would have liked. But uh, as we've already heard, God is still firmly in control. And so we know that no matter where we are, we can still uh, press in and hear God's word um, and and worship and praise our Heavenly Father. If you're joining us for the first time, if you stumbled across us this morning, a huge welcome to you all. So we pray that you'd be blessed by this. Um, And so for those that don't know me, I am Layla and I've got the privilege of bringing us God's word today. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've, we've heard about uh, dealing with change and crisis and letting go and trusting God. Uh, and Hillary and Dasha brought some great messages around that. And I kind of want to stay with the same theme today, but what I'm going to be looking at is uh, transition and how do we transition between one, one season to the next? Because for a lot of us, when a new season starts, something has to end. And uh, it doesn't always happen very quickly. As much as we might like it to happen uh, very quickly, sometimes it doesn't. And so how do we transition well? Uh, how do we wait well? How do we hold on to God in those transition seasons that, that sometimes feel like they go on for quite a while? And so uh, we're going to look at that today. So let me just quickly pray and then we will jump in uh, and, and get into God's word. So uh, Lord God, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace and your sovereignty. And Father, that no matter where we are, we can still press in and we can hear your word and we can uh, seek your presence, Lord. Father, uh, be with us today. Lord, may the words that I speak be pleasing to you uh, and be words that you want your people to hear. And Father, as always, uh, I pray that I do not get in the way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's talk about transition and and waiting well and transitioning well between seasons. Um, Before I do get into it, I want to say that not all change is bad. Sometimes change is actually a good thing, and depending on what it is, But I think it's safe to say that for most of us, change sometimes isn't so great and it isn't the most comfortable thing. And uh, at times, change can actually be quite difficult, but it doesn't have to be defeating. And that's where I want us to really kind of focus on today because while we have to deal with change, we've heard that over the last few weeks, it doesn't have to defeat us and we can still do it well. We can still sit in that space where we deal with change and transition well. Now, uh, for some of us, change happens, our transition happens, and it happens very quickly. And that can be good or bad, depending on on what it is, because you don't really have time to go through a transition. But if your life is anything like mine, uh, transitions don't happen quickly. And if anything, the the road between one season to the next is usually very, very long, uh, and it is just littered with potholes. And so it's generally not a very easy easy transition. And I guess that's what I want us to really focus on today. I want us to focus on, uh, you know, the the truth that we all have to go through these transitions. And we know that there's a lot of things that are not in our control. But what we can control is how well we sit in that space and how well we move from one season to another. And there's a couple of things that I want us to to look at that are going to really help us, I hope, to transition well. And the first thing that we're going to need to transition wrong is we're going to need to be guided by the word of God. 
in every season, uh, good, bad, happy, sad, whatever our season looks like, we need the word of God. But I find no more so than when we are in a season of waiting or a season of transition. Um, you know, we've, we've got to really press in and hold on to God's word. And there's so many, so many amazing encouragements in the Bible. There's so many beautiful promises in the Bible. But what I wanted to uh, take us to today is a verse in the book of Numbers. Uh, so if you have your Bible with you, if you've still got it handy from reading that beautiful psalm, uh, go to Numbers 23, verse 19. And uh, this is going to be our key verse today. We want to come back to it quite a, quite a few times. But uh, if you found the, the, the verse, Numbers 23, 19, the verse reads, God is not a human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? So over the years, I found in my seasons of transition uh, that I have lent on this verse uh, and at times I've clung to it with everything I've got. Uh, I, I look at this verse and, and for me, it's such a crucial verse and quite foundational because I kind of go, well, his word tells me that he's not a human. And so he's not going to lie or change his mind. And if that's true, then everything else he tells me is true. Everything else in his word is true. You know, if everything he promises me, well, he's not a human that he would lie or change his mind. So if he makes a promise, he's going to come good on it. He's not going to just change his mind. He's not going to make a promise that he's got no intention of keeping. That's not who our God is. Our God's not a God that makes a promise and forgets about it or changes his mind. That's not our Jehovah Jireh. That's not who our mighty provider, our mighty God is. He doesn't lie. He doesn't change his mind. And I really want us to hold on to this verse today because it's our key verse. And we're going to do, uh, we're going to read a few other scriptures, but we're going to come back to this verse. So if you can hold on to that, uh, we're going to use it as a bit of an anchor for ourselves today. And so that's the first thing that we need. The first thing that we need is we need to be guided by God's word. Uh, and we need to be, we need God's word to be our anchor in everything we're going through. But the second thing we need uh, to be able to transition well and to be able to get through the seasons well, to wait well, is we need to have the right perspective. And we need to have a kingdom perspective. We need to have a heavenly perspective. When we have a kingdom perspective, it lifts our eyes off ourselves. It takes our focus off us, off our circumstance, and it helps us to see that there is a lot more happening around us that we can actually see. Uh, in, the, in 2 Corinthians 4.18, we read, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. There is a lot that goes on around us in the supernatural and in the spiritual, and sometimes we can see it and sometimes we can't. Uh, but I want to put it to you in the context of our peripheral vision. So our peripheral vision is generally defined as everything you see off to the side of your central focus while you are looking straight ahead. So everything we kind of, that's going on around here, we can sort of see it, um, but even though we're looking straight ahead. And so for us, our central focus is Christ. And everything we do, we keep centered, we keep our eyes fixed, fixed on Christ. But that doesn't mean that we discount what is potentially happening on the sides around us and what is going on around us. And I think, it helps us to understand that there is a bigger picture here. And whilst we are important, whilst you and I are very important, uh, we're not actually here to build our kingdom. We're here to build his. Everything we are doing is to advance the kingdom of God, not our own. 
And when we have a kingdom and a heavenly perspective, we can, we can start to view all of our situations like that. Now, again, we're important and we're all a part of God's beautiful story, but we're not the star of the show. And once we can hold on to that, once we can really catch that it actually is all about him and that everything we do is all about advancing his kingdom, making him known, proclaiming his name amongst the nations, everything that happens in the earthly has a different lens to it because that's when we can start to see, uh, we, we start to work out that our earthly vision uh, and, and our earthly senses, we, we know that that's not all that there is. But when we can actually catch a hold of this and catch a hold of the fact that we're here purely for his glory, not our own, our heartache, our experiences, our pain, our challenges, everything takes on a different lens. And everything really is part of the tapestry of his beautiful picture and his beautiful story. And so that, that, that heavenly and that kingdom perspective lifts our eyes off the earthly and makes us remember that we're all actually pointing in one direction. It's not at ourselves, it's actually at Christ. And here's the other thing. We minister out of our experience. Nothing, nothing happens for the sake of it. When God's involved, nothing happens for the sake of it and nothing is meaningless either. And when we have a, a heavenly perspective and we have a kingdom perspective, our seasons of transition and our seasons of waiting become purposeful because we know that God's in it and that God's going to use it as well. And, and we, we, we hold this perspective of we're using our story for his glory. And all of our experiences, all of our, our challenges, God will then use them and we can minister out of that. Out of that pain, we can minister to others that are going through pain. Out of that heartache, we can minister to others that are going through that heartache. Out of those challenges and that waiting, we can minister to others going through the, the heartache and the waiting. And when those opportunities come up, when people go, how did you do that? How did you wait? How did you hold on to hope? Well, let me tell you about our Jesus. Let me tell you about the one that we glorify and that we praise. And so we've got to have that kingdom perspective and keep our eyes fixed on him. And the third thing, and, and this is one that I want to kind of, I want to sit for a little while. Uh, but the third thing that we need is we're going to need a little bit of patience. Now, if you know me at all, you would know that I am not very good at patience. Uh, God, in his grace and, and in his humour, has given me zero patience, uh, yet he asks me to exercise it every single day. And after 41 years, I have still not mastered the arts of actually being able to wait well uh, and to be patient. But patience is crucial for us in the waiting. And the reason that, that patience is crucial is because our concept of time and our sense of time is very different to that of God's. Uh, in 2 Peter 3.8, uh, we read, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. God's concept of time and our concept of time are two very, very different things. And we've got to remember that the creator of time, the creator of heaven and earth, doesn't work to the same schedule that we do. It doesn't work to the same yearly calendar or weekly calendar that we do either. Uh, God's time frame is very different. And when we start to put a time frame on when we think something needs to happen, when we start to go, well, all right, God, this needs to happen at this time and, and this season's gone on for too long now and this needs to change now, 
when we start to put those demands or those expectations, we're setting ourselves up for potential disappointment because the chances are God's time frame is very different to yours and to mine. And for us, we're human. If something is going bad, we want the season to end now and we want this new season to start so we can just put it behind us. And if something is going well, well, we want this season to keep going. We don't, we don't actually want to step into the next season. We just want to stay here because it's great and we love it and we're enjoying it. You know, or if God has given us a vision uh, or a promise and it's something that we actually deeply, deeply desire, well, we want it now. We don't want to wait for it. We actually want it right now. And so we, we have these expectations of time, these senses of time. But when God gives a vision or when God makes a promise, he doesn't generally put a time stamp on it. And in my experience, what, what I've learned uh, when I've been walking with God is that he gives a vision or he gives a promise. And then he occasionally will say, this is what you've got to do with it. But he told us to wait for him to fulfill it. He doesn't actually kind of go, hey, here's the promise, here's the vision, go for it, make it happen. It's, it's not our story. We're dependent on him. And so what we risk when we're not patient, when we don't exercise that level of patience, is that we start getting impatient and our thinking of God starts to shift. And what happens is while we're standing there waiting for God to close one door and then open another one, we start to have these thoughts. Well, this has gone on for quite a while now. Has God forgotten? Maybe God's missed it. Maybe I didn't hear it right. Maybe God needs my help. And when we, when we start to become impatient, we start having these thoughts and we start to doubt God's ability to do what he said he was going to do. And so instead of waiting, uh, I, I guess, instead of waiting behind the door, waiting for the one door to close and that new door to open, in our impatience, we just decide to climb through the window because we're going to help God out or we're just going to give him a hand or look, maybe he's forgotten. And what happens is we climb through the window and we get inside and we realise that God has kept that door closed for a reason and he's kept us outside for a reason. And we find ourselves getting ahead of God, which is never, ever a good thing. And um, the best example that I can give us of getting ahead of God is Abraham and Sarah. Now, back when they were called Abraham and Sarai, God gave Abraham a promise that he would be the father of many nations. Um, if you've got, uh, if, you, if you can jump over to Genesis 12, because we're going to sit in here for a little bit. But we read in Genesis 12 uh, that uh, Abraham was 75 years old when he was promised that he would be the father of many nations. And if we go into Genesis 12, uh, we're reading from verses 1 to 4. So Genesis 12, 1 to 4. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household uh, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now, we read that God had made this incredible, beautiful promise. But 10 years later, this promise hasn't been fulfilled. 10 years on, 
we read that that Abraham and Sarah are starting to get a little bit impatient. Uh, and, and you kind of get it because at this point, Abraham's 85 years old and Sarai's 75. So they're starting to get a little bit impatient and, and they're kind of going, oh, I don't know that this is going to happen. Maybe we need to help God out. And so they decide that they'll give, they'll give God a hand and enter Hagar, Sarai's slave. And so what we see is that instead of waiting on God, instead of sitting in that space where they, they trusted God and they waited for him to fulfill his promise, they decided to get ahead of him and, and, to, try and, uh, and to, to try and help him out, I suppose. And so what we see is Abraham ends up with Hagar, Hagar births Ishmael. Now, did this ruin God's plan or God's promise? Well, no, it didn't. It didn't. Because in chapter 21, what we read is that Abraham was 100 years old and Sarai was 90 years old when Isaac was born. So God came good on his promise. Their, their actions didn't actually stop God. You know, the, the you know, impatient interference didn't stop God's plan. God still fulfilled his promise. But what their actions did do by getting, a hot, getting ahead of God was that they actually caused a lot of pain and heartache. And we really see that clearly if we jump over to Genesis 16 and you read in verses 4 to 6, uh, Genesis 16, 4 to 6, he slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave into your arms. Now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hand, Abraham said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. So they try to help God out. <clears throat> and what ends up happening? Well, Hagar falls pregnant, starts to hate Sarai. Sarai gets really cranky with Abraham, also gets really cranky with Hagar, starts being really mean to Hagar. Hagar runs away. And so... What we see is that their impatience and their, their desire to get ahead of God and taking matters into their own hands actually caused heartache and pain for everyone involved. And this is generally what happens when we try to get ahead of God. We end up with consequences. We end up with uh, just a situation that we didn't anticipate and we generally don't want. And what we tend to find is that we've caused ourselves or those around us the very pain and heartache that God was actually trying to protect us from. It is frustrating sometimes to sit in that space of waiting. And I totally get that. But we've got to trust him because he knows better. He's God. His timing, his ways are so much better than ours. He is all-seeing. He is all-knowing. And we've got to trust that the creator of heaven and earth, the one that, that created us, that had put breath into our lungs, knows better. And in these seasons of waiting is when we come back to our key verse as well. And if you jump back to our key verse, Numbers 23, 19, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise not fulfill? When we come back to this, in this waiting period, he's not a human that he's going to lie or change his mind. That's not our God. And when he speaks, he does act. His word never comes back forward. 
So in that waiting, when we want to try and get ahead of God or when we want to try and help God out, we've got to come back to this and remember, no, 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 no. God's not changing his mind. He hasn't forgotten us and he's faithful. He was faithful before. He's going to be faithful again. But here's the thing. We all know that we've got to wait, right? And we all know the seasons of change. But what happens when the, the transition season, what happens when the waiting feels like it is going on forever? Let's, let's, let's come back down to earth for a second. What happens when it feels like we have been waiting or transitioning for, for years and years and years? Because we, we find ourselves dealing with these emotions in that space. So God's given us emotions. And as much as we, we probably all wish, I know I do, as much as we probably all wish that no matter what happens, we stand firm. We don't get shaken. We hold on and we stand firm and we don't get changed and we don't get rattled. Uh, there's this little thing called the heart and there's these little things called emotions. And they tend to come into play when we're sitting in seasons of transition uh, and seasons of waiting. And if we look at the situation for Abraham and Sarai, if we look at the timeline, it was actually 25 years between when God made his promise and when the promise was fulfilled. It was a 25 year period between that. And when we look at it from that perspective and from that lens, there's a bit of compassion there for, for Abraham and Sarai because 25 years is a long time. And, you know, they, they were desperate. They wanted to have a child. And you can understand, you have a bit of compassion to that. And, and I get that. I, I truly do. I, I really get that. You know, it's one thing to wait for a couple of weeks uh, or a few months, but it's another thing when year after year after year after year goes by and, and there's nothing. You know, what, what do you do if, like Abraham and Sarai, God gave you a vision or a promise and years and years later, you haven't seen not even a glimpse of that and you're standing in this space of going, is it actually ever going to happen? Are you actually going to come good, Lord, or have you forgotten me? Did I hear you wrong? Did I miss it? Are you punishing me? Do I not, have I done something that I don't get this anymore? Our humanity takes over when we're in those seasons of waiting in transition. And sometimes we find ourselves sitting in a space where we're wondering if God's holding out on us or God's punishing us, you know, and you sit there and you kind of go, we're in these different transitions and they're hard and God, what are you doing? Because maybe you're sitting in a space right now where you're going, God, you made a promise all these years ago and nothing's happened. And I'm sitting here waiting for this promise. Or maybe you're sitting in a space right now where you have been forced into a transition where one season is ending and one's about to start and it wasn't your choice. It was a choice. It was out of somebody else's actions and you're having to do with the consequences of those. And you're sitting in this transition season going, this season that I really love is actually going to be shut down on me. And I have to step into a new season that is maybe uncertain or fearful or whatever it may be. Transition is hard. And the bigger the transition, the harder it is because our heart really does start to to take over from that space and our emotions start to take over as well. And you know what? I want to say to us that our feelings, our emotions, if you're sitting in that space where you're feeling that, th those feelings are valid. Those emotions are valid. And I really want to, I really want to emphasize that because 
you know, if, if you're anything like me, when things go wrong, you, you get people sometimes throwing the cliches at you. Oh, it doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. Time heals everything. You know, oh, let go, let God. Um, one of the, the, the things that I heard so much when I first became a Christian was, oh, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Some of you probably just sang that in your head. And I would stand there and I would go, that's great. But right now, everything is crumbling around me and God doesn't feel so great right now. So that's not actually very helpful. Telling me that God is good right now, you know what? Everything feels like it's, it's falling apart. I feel like I've I'm, I'm, I'm been waiting forever for this. It doesn't feel very good. And it minimizes sometimes our emotions and how we feel. And so I want to say to us that our emotions are valid. What we feel is legitimate because what we're experiencing is real. Our feelings are legitimate, but they're not always a reflection of the truth. And let me explain what I mean by that. Yeah, if your transition season is one where you feel like everything has been stripped away from you uh, and you may be feeling like you, you, you're losing absolutely everything, that's a valid feeling. You may be feeling like, you know what, you've missed out on a promotion again or you missed out on an opportunity because you had to look after your family or you had to look after a lot and you're feeling frustrated. That's valid. That, that feeling is valid. Maybe you're feeling weary because you just can't seem to catch a break. You've just had this health diagnosis that just no one can give you an answer on. No one can tell you how you can get better. Maybe you're feeling like you're sitting in the wilderness and after years and years and years of just waiting for God to, to fulfill the promise that he made for you, maybe you're actually feeling like God's a little bit cruel. And that's probably not what you want to hear me say, but maybe you feel like God's a little bit cruel. And I know there's been times when I've kind of gone, God, you just feel cruel right now. Those feelings are valid. And can I tell you, I get it and I've been there. And if I'm honest with you, I'm being in that space as we speak. Right now. I had to, um, I had to laugh when I was putting uh, I was putting this message together, and it wasn't a ha ha kind of laugh uh, because I'm I'm talking on transition and I'm talking on waiting well, and I'm actually going through one of the hardest and biggest transitions of my life. And uh, for me, most of my life has felt like I've had to wait for everything. It just it has always felt like every every promise or everything has had has been so far, and I've had to wait for it. And it's felt like uh, there's been times when God's given me a promise, but he's made me sit on the sidelines and watch while everyone else has that promise fulfilled. And I'm sitting there going, they're, they're the dreams that I've had, they're the desires that I've had, Lord, and everyone else is getting them but me. And right now, as I sit in this transition, I would be lying if I said I didn't have some questions for God or that there wasn't some heated, one-sided conversations going on with God. Because right now, to be honest with everyone, I'm sitting in, in the middle of two seasons. And one season is a season that, that represents grief and anger and confusion. And one season represents hope and excitement and a promise fulfilled. Um, as, you all, as you all know, uh, a little while back, Ron and I got engaged. Uh, and thank you so much for the lovely messages and phone calls. But what that means for us now is that we're planning our wedding 
and what that looks like is is we get married and i'm going to move to newcastle and i'm going to get to be with the love of my life who i've waited a very very long time for and it also means that i get to step into this space where i get the absolute privilege of being a parent to three incredible young children and i get to step into that and care for those children and love them and i look at that and this new season is just so exciting and i kind of go god wow you know, the, the wait was long and it was hard, but oh my word, it was worth it, Lord. And it is so exciting. And, and, and I'm filled with excitement and anticipation and hope what the future is going to look like and how God's going to use us for his kingdom, for his glory. And that excites me. And that's what I'm holding in this hand over here. But in this hand over here, what I'm holding is that there's a season that is coming to an end. And it has to come to an end uh, for the next one to start. But it has been an incredibly hard one because it has felt like God has just been stripping everything away. Everything. There has been deep anxiety over, over things that have happened, over things that are coming, over the uncertainty of particular situations. There has been this deep anger as well at uh, having to deal with the consequences of other people's actions and how it's actually impacted and affected our life. And there has been uh, just this, this cry of going, God, where's the justice for me? It feels like everyone else gets their justice but me. Where is the justice for me? And then I'm sitting in this space uh, with, with my work where uh, it feels like I'm in Babylon because everything that I have worked my heart and my soul out for, for the last how many years, it, it feels like it's all being dismantled and dismissed and stripped away right before my very eyes. And I, I have looked at God and I've said, God, I feel like you've thrown me into the desert and you are punishing me. And so I find myself walking with with hope in one hand but walking with grief uh, and, and pain and anger in the other hand and they're two very very opposing things and can I say that sometimes we will have seasons our transition seasons will look like a season of hope of what's to come and grief of what was or hope of what's to come and fear of what's coming or hope and whatever you may be feeling. And so in those seasons, when we're walking hand in hand with two very opposing, two very opposing emotions, what do we do? How do we not lose sight of God? And how do we not lose sight of hope? There's two things. The first thing is we've got to distinguish between fact and truth. Uh, sorry, between fact and feeling. Like I said, what we feel is legitimate, but it's not always a reflection of the truth. I may be feeling like God's punishing me, but when we look at the word, God, that's not who our God is. God is not a God that punishes. So while what I feel might feel valid for me, it's not a true reflection of who God is. I may be feeling like God has abandoned me and, and I'm feeling completely abandoned and forgotten. But when we look at God's word, that's not who God is. Our, his word tells us that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And we've got to be very, very careful not to base our perspective and our view of who God is on how we feel. Because if we base 
our belief on who God is pure and how we feel, he's going to be a very unstable God because he's going to shift every time our emotions and our heart shifts as well. And so we've got to hold on to the truth of who he is while still acknowledging how we feel. And secondly, we go back to our first principle, which is we're led by God's word. And we come back to our key verse. God's not a human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not then act? Does he promise and not fulfill? We come back to that. We let our heart and our mind and every part of us be guided by the word of God. And I want to I want to end our time uh, on, on a little bit of an exercise. It's, this is a practical exercise, and I hope that it's going to be something that's helpful for you. Uh, this was an exercise that Rowan actually put together for me when I was talking through how I was feeling and, and, and what got put on my heart. And so if you have a piece of paper uh, with you, uh, I want you to grab the paper and the pen. Uh, and I'll give you a second to, to grab a paper and a pen. Um, but we're going to do a very practical exercise, which I hope is going to help us. And uh, so if you haven't got it with you, it's okay. The beauty of doing these things online is that we can come back to it later <laughs> and we can watch it later on during the day and we can do the exercise then. But if you have a pen and a paper handy with you, what I would like you to do is I want you to draw out three columns. The three, three columns. And at the, the top of the first column, I want you to write the word now. So draw out your three columns and then write now. And then at the top of the second column, I want you to write God's truth. So we've got the first column says now, the second column says God's truth. And the third column, I want you to write on top of it, hope. So there there are three headlines. Now, God's truth and hope. And so as we're sitting in this space of going through transitions, what I want us to do is I want us to take these columns. In the first column, I want you to think of, of a transition or a waiting or an emotion or something that you're going through right now. What does it look like for you right now? And you could write heartache. You can write have lost a job. You can write feeling abandoned. You can write whatever is 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 happening for you right now. And for me, I'll, I'll, if I use if I do this, uh, as an example, I would write uh, in that column that I'm feeling alone and abandoned by God. So that's what, what, as an example, what I'll put into that first column. But you put whatever works for you. And so we, we know what we feel right now. Let's jump into our second column. Now, our second column is God's truth. And this is where we look into God's word and we find the truth of who God is and what he says about our situation. And so if I've put in that first column that I'm feeling alone and abandoned and I look in God's word and I, and I research God's word, one of the verses that comes up is Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And so we, we take the scripture that's relevant for us and we write it in that column. We write out God's truth. Because it's all well and good for us to read it, but sometimes we've got to actually write it out. We've got to stick it on a post-it note. We've got to remind ourselves of it. And so you write in that second column, what's God's truth? And then we jump into our third column because we go, okay, so God's word tells me that he's not going to leave me or forsake me. He's with me. So that would mean 
that he hasn't forsaken me, that I'm not alone. That would mean that he hasn't ended me. And that would also mean that he's going to continue to go before me. And so we jump to our third column and we write out our hope for that situation. And you could write out a prayer. You can write out another verse. Uh, if, if I'm going to keep with the theme of feeling alone and then going Deuteronomy 31, God is with me. He hasn't forsaken me. Well, that third column is going to be, God, I know that you have not abandoned me. I know that you are with me and I'm not going to be dismayed. And I can hope and pray for my future because you're going to be in it. And Lord, my, my prayer is that I feel your presence more. I encounter you more. And so we write out our now, we write out what we're going through, and then we, we, we put God's truth smack in the middle of that. And then we put our eyes to the future, knowing that he's in it. And we, we line up our future, we line up our hope, we line up our prayers to his word and to his will. And you can do it for any, any, anything you're going through right now. Our situation, his truth, and the promise of what's to come. And we keep going. The only way we're going to get through any transition is by anchoring ourselves in the word of God and by holding on to his truth. The world's going to start throw so many things at us and they're all temporary and they're all band-aid solutions. Nothing, nothing is going to get us through other than God because the one who loved us enough to die for us is the one who's going to carry us through it. Let me pray. Lord, uh, Father, we thank you that you are a God that is in the waiting. Lord, that you are a God that makes all things new, that, Father, that nothing is wasted with you, and that you, Lord, use our every experience and encounter. And so, Father, we just thank you that we know that we can depend on you. In the seasons of waiting, in transition, we know we can depend on you, Lord, and we know that you are faithful and that you are trustworthy. And so, Lord, whatever transition season is for, for us right now, whatever the waiting looks like, Lord, we surrender it to you. We ask that you would lead us and guide us by your spirit and by your word. And that, Father, everything we do would be for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.